Thank you for tuning in to Milledgeville Matters on WRGC 88.3 FM. I'm your host, Daniel McDonald, and today we're returning to a conversation about changes afoot in the elementary education system in Baldwin County. In the 2017-2018 school year, the Baldwin County School District will transition to a kindergarten through second and third through fifth grade elementary school model. And that's one of several changes we'll discuss in today's show. Here to talk all about it is Baldwin County School District Superintendent, Dr. Norris Price. Dr. Price, welcome back to Milledgeville Matters. Thank you so much for having me back. It's my pleasure to host you, and it's also my pleasure and privilege to bring this information to our radio audience about changes that are coming up in the 2017-2018 school year. And so I thought we'd start our conversation off by talking about the changes to elementary grades education here in Baldwin County. And for our listeners who may not have a child in the Baldwin County school system and might need a refresher on the topic, what changes are coming? And if you could tell us why the school system has decided to go in this direction. I think that I would like to start out by saying that in the fall, we started through the process of looking at our attendance lines and redoing those attendance lines. And at the same time, we saw it as an opportunity to reconfigure our elementary schools. Our attendance lines had not changed in 19 years. And as you know, a lot has changed in our community during that time. So we began with that process. We had the wonderful opportunity to work with Dr. Dog Otter from Georgia College, who helped us with drawing those attendance lines. And we were looking to really balance our enrollment because we had an elementary school that was overcrowded and we had one that was under capacity and had a lot of empty classrooms. We were also looking for sensible boundaries and just a way to be fair in the distribution of our students across all four elementary schools. And so in the process, we decided not only to redraw the attendance lines, but also to reconfigure at elementary schools using a K-2-3-5 model. So that change is coming for next school year. Our board voted in February to make that change. So the attendance lines have been redrawn. It balances the enrollment across all four schools. And so what you will have is that what we know as Creekside Elementary and Blandy, those two schools will be K-2, and Midway and Eagle Ridge will be the 3-5 schools. And their enrollment are now balanced. We feel really good about the way we've been able to balance the enrollment. Midway and Blandy will have approximately 650 students, and Creekside and Eagle Ridge will have approximately 650 students. And what ways will parents and, and most importantly, the students feel the effects of those changes? Well, one of the things is, as far as the attendance lines, you could have been assigned to Blandy under the old attendance line, but under the new attendance line, you may be going to Creekside or Eagle Ridge or Midway. So one of the things that I do want to make sure that parents understand is you need to Go online. We have an app now where you can go and check by putting in your address the school that is designated for your neighborhood. So that's one change that is coming out of that. The other thing is that now we're going to have just three grade levels at one school. So if I am a kindergarten student, I'm only going to go to school with students in K through two. If I'm a third or fourth or fifth grade student, those are the only grade levels that would be at Eagle Ridge and Midway. So that's a change, especially if you have a sibling. 
and my sibling happens to be in the lower grades and I happen to be in the upper grades and now we're split. Or if you have had friends that are now being assigned to another school and I won't be able to go to school with those students. So I think that that's the change that you're going to see. But as I shared with parents, as we did all of our redistricting meetings, and we had eight of them, is that our kids are resilient and it's up to us as adults to reassure them that things are going to be okay and that we're going to make sure that we take care of them. And I think for a lot of people on face value, that sounds like a big change going from the traditional K through five model to trying out, or I shouldn't say trying out, but transitioning to the K through two and three through five. What are some of the advantages to uh, looking at that kind of an elementary school system? Well, I think one of the biggest advantage for us is that we're able to focus on the needs of specific grade levels. So in the case of your kindergarten through second grade, we are able to focus now on three grade levels rather than six, specifically to the early learning needs of these students. And the same thing with the students in grades three through five. So we're very targeted in our approach, in our programming, and in making sure that we're meeting the developmental needs of that student or the students in those schools. So I think that that's a big advantage. The collaboration of the teachers that now we're bringing all of our kindergarten teachers into two schools. And so, for example, in the case of Blandy and Midway, where they may have had five or six teachers on a grade level, now they're going to have 10 teachers. And so those teachers are now able to collaborate with one another and really leverage the knowledge and expertise that we have in our school district in order to meet the needs of our students. And also when we're looking at placing students, now I have more options with how to match that student with a teacher that can meet his or her needs. So I think those are just two huge advantages of what we're about to do. Well, we're out of time in this segment, uh, so we're going to take a short break right now. But if you're just joining us, you're listening to Milledgeville Matters on WRGC 88.3 FM. Today, we're talking about changes afoot in the elementary grades education system here in Baldwin County. And that's going to be one of several things that we're talking about as we look forward to these summer months. But joining me here to talk all about it is Baldwin County School District Superintendent Dr. Norris Price. We'll be back with more Milledgeville Matters. Thank you for staying tuned to Milledgeville Matters on WRGC 88.3 FM. We're starting off the summer months by talking about school here on Milledgeville Matters. To talk about how we can use our summer months in looking forward to this next 2017-2018 school year is Dr. Norris Price. She's the superintendent of the Baldwin County School District. 
Now, as we were talking in that last segment, we were talking about the switch to a K through two and third through fifth elementary grades uh, school system. And that seems like a very big change, especially for folks in Baldwin County who this may sound like a revolutionary change to them. Mm -hmm. I know that there was a, a lot of conversation during the meetings, but I was wondering when y'all thought about proposing this as an option for some of the um, issues of attendance in Baldwin County, were you looking to other school districts or were there other resources that you pulled upon to try to plot out this change of course? We definitely did our research. So we looked at the benefits. We also looked at the challenges of going to this configuration. We visited a number of schools, one that is right next door to us, that's Putnam County. They have this configuration and have had it for a number of years. And in talking to the teachers and the administrators there and the superintendent, they said that the first year was challenging. But after that, they said they would never go back because they've seen the impact that it has had on the students that they serve. And they have seen a positive impact, actually, on student achievement. And then the greater collaboration that it created amongst their teachers. You also have Washington County, Jasper County, Wilkinson County, Cobb County, Houston County, they all have this model. So Cartersville. So if you look across the state, there are a number of school districts that have gone to this model and have been doing it for a very long time. And are there any opportunities that you see in this transition that may not be apparent on face value or maybe a, a deeper dive that someone in your um, role might look at it as opposed to a parent or, or possibly even someone who's completely on the outside? I think the biggest benefit that I see is the fact that we are narrowing down the focus of the students that are in that school. In other words, looking at the needs of the students and I have to go back to K-1 and 2 and really meeting the needs and focusing on their needs and, and making sure that developmentally we're establishing a very solid foundation. So now, for example, the administrators are not focusing on six grade levels. They're only focusing on three. And I think that we can then better meet the needs of our students when we're talking about providing them with the best education that Baldwin County has to offer. And then when you look at the upper grades, you're looking at some programming that may present a challenge if they were in a K-6 uh, environment, but not so much when you're looking at really narrowing the grade span within a school. I think that the other benefit has been being able to give parents choice, where we didn't have that with, for example, Creekside, we had to actually freeze and not um, allow any applications for the last two years because they were overcrowded. Now that option is there if parents want to go to any of our schools, and including Eagle Ridge. There's still choice. It's just that the, the choice is now between the K-2 schools and the 3-5 schools. So we still have openings for Midway, Blandy, and Creekside, but the slots for Eagle Ridge are filled. And we've talked about opportunities that are there. I wanted to just change it around and ask, are there any drawbacks that you see or maybe any drawbacks um, that you're hearing about this, potential drawbacks? The drawbacks that I heard from parents is if I have more than one child and they're in different age groups, then now I have to go to two different schools. And if I have a middle schooler, so I may have to go to three different schools. So that can present a challenge for parents that have multiple children. The other drawback was I'm leaving the school that I've been in my friends, the teachers that I know, and going to another school. 
But with the grade level reconfiguration, you actually get to travel with your peers and at least half of your teachers will be traveling with you. So although it's a drawback because you don't have everybody in the same building, we, I think, found a way to sort of balance the challenges that a child would face because they would not be the only one that would be totally new to that school. And then we also did some open houses. And so I think once the parents got into the facility, saw where they were coming to, I think that there was a a comfort level that wasn't there prior to that. And the other challenge that we don't know until school starts is traffic and what that's going to do with traffic, especially having the two K-2 schools across from each other. So that can be a challenge for us, but we're putting some things in place to make sure that we address that and we're prepared for the amount of traffic that we experience every year at the beginning of, of the school year. But other than that, I see a lot more benefits than challenges. For our last question in this segment, I just wanted to ask um, before we transition, are there any deadlines that people need to be thinking about right now for, for questions that they might have or um, any other things that they need to take care of before getting into this next school year? Well, definitely prove a residence. We are asking every family who happens to have children in our school district to come in and provide proof of residence. Initially, we were collecting that through our kindergarten registration, and so we were doing it down at the board office. Now they can go to their school and provide those documents, and all they have to do is to provide a lease or a mortgage statement, and that would verify their address. The other thing is, if you have not registered your kindergarten student, we need you to register them. It's really important that you go ahead and do that. And again, you can do that at your designated school. If you don't know your designated school, please contact the board office and we will direct you to the appropriate school. And then other than that, our uniforms, that was a concern from parents about the uniforms because we have different colors depending on the school that you attend. So we have revised our school uniform policy and now we will allow students to wear any color collared shirt. So there's not this issue of, you know, I have burgundy, for example, at Blandy, and at Midway it is purple. So what do I do? So now they can wear any color collar shirt. And I think that that addresses that concern that parents had about uniforms. Mm-hmm. Well, we are going to take that break right now. So if you're just joining us, you're listening to Milledgeville Matters on WRGC 88.3 FM. We are talking about changes to the Baldwin County School District with Dr. Norris Price. She's the superintendent of the Baldwin County Schools. Uh, We're talking a lot about the transition to the paired school system for our elementary students at Baldwin County School. But we're also talking about other summer issues so you can take these next months to prepare for the 2017-2018 school year. Stay tuned and we'll be right back with more Milledgeville Matters.
Thank you for staying tuned to Milledgeville Matters on WRGC 88.3 FM. It is the first weeks of summer, but we are looking back, or really looking forward to the next school year. On today's program, I'm talking with Baldwin County School District Superintendent Dr. Norris Price. Uh, we're talking about changes to the elementary schools, other changes that may be occurring in the 2017 and 2018 uh, school year, and other summer topics. Now, in that last segment, we left out talking about um, a few of the changes that aren't necessarily related to the transition to the paired schools for the elementary students, and we're talking about policies such as updates to the uniform policy. And uh, one thing that we discussed during the break was that all of these policies are available on y'all's website. And I understand that I think y'all have made some changes to the website. Might we use this first moment right now just to talk about where people can go to find this information to, uh, I guess, peruse it themselves and, and make themselves updated on it before the school year? And let me just add that the change to the school uniform policy was based on the fact that we got feedback from our parents concerned about having to buy new uniforms because the colors would be different. So we have addressed that concern by updating our uniform policy that could be found at our new website, and that's baldwincountyschoolsga.org. So baldwincountyschoolsga.org. And that is our new website, and you can find all of those policies, including uh, what you need as far as documents to register your child for kindergarten. And, of course, it also has the new attendance maps and uh, other policies, I'm sure, that are not just ones in motion, but ones that are there uh, year in and year out. That's correct. It, you know, our, our student code of conduct will be updated, but that's on there. All of our board policy can be accessed also directly from our website. And as you've talked about registering for kindergarten, verifying your address and things, are there any dates that are coming up during the summer that people need to be mindful of? We don't have any particular dates other than summer programs. Parents can register their students. And then the next big date is our back-to-school bash, which would be on July 26th and then the first day of school. (laughs) And I don't know if I want to mention it, but it is August 2nd. That will, it will be up on you before you know it. But those are the key dates. I think just the proof of residence and then registering your kindergartner. Or if you have a student in pre-K, we need you to go ahead and come in and register them. All right. And of course, as we're in a new segment now, just say that um, all of those, you can actually go to your um, district school and provide that information anytime throughout the summer. That is correct. We, our offices are open. Our hours are 8 to 5, uh, Monday through Wednesday, and 8 to 1 on Thursdays. We are closed on Fridays for the summer. Now, in the last segment, you talked about holding a series of open houses to try to comfort the parents about these changes that are coming in in the 2017-2018 school year. And I thought I'd just ask you, are there any like frequently asked questions that you're receiving from a lot of the parents? Is there any way that you might uh, use this time to address some of the things that parents are coming to you with? I think that one of the questions that kept coming up and continues to come up is, are we going to have the same resources? Are we going to have the same program? I think that question gets to the equity issue. And so I have reassured parents that we will. The programming between the pair schools, specifically the grade span, will be the same. So that will not be an issue. There are questions regarding the after-school program and whether we're going to have it. And again, I can assure parents that we will have those after-school programs that we currently have. 
at each of our elementary schools. And then the other question has to do with teacher placement. Who are the teachers that are going to be moving? And can I still submit a letter letting the principal know the type of teacher that my child needs? And the answer is yes, you can, you can still do that. Now, keep in mind that teachers are changing grade levels. And so there are teachers that are now teaching a specific grade level that probably may not be teaching it. So you, you need to make sure that you describe the type of teacher and not a specific teacher. Uh, but that is also available. Those are the concerns that I've heard from parents. And then once they, part of the open house that we had, once they come into the school and look at the facility, meet the teachers and the administrator, there was, I think, a calmness from the parents and as well as the students and excitement about the change. They got to meet the teachers, uh, they got to tour the facility, and they got to get additional information about each of the schools. And we had a great turnout. And we had lots of parents saying, thank you for doing this. So we're excited if a parent still has any type of anxiety or concern and did not get that opportunity to tour the school, please contact the board office and we'll be able to provide them with the opportunity to go see the school that they're going to be going to. But, you know, I have to continue to say that I think the fact that we're balancing our enrollment and that we're not in an overcrowded situation and that we're maximizing the use of our facilities, I think is huge. And then the collaboration that is going to come out of this among our teachers in the very focused instruction that we can now have because of the limited grade levels is exciting and, and I think aligns with the fact that we are a charter system and we're looking at innovative ways of meeting the needs of our students and educating our students. And do you think that, um, and I, I think you may have answered this, but I was asking more directly, I mean, are parents, despite initial concerns of change, which everyone, you know, at least in some extent fears change, are they coming on board to this idea and sharing um, excitement, like you said, or, or trepidation, um, as they've shown earlier? The feedback that I have gotten has been positive. There is excitement now that they have had a chance to tour the new school. There's still concern about certain students that have a difficult time handling transitions. And so we will make sure that our counselor is involved and is in that anxiety for specific children that are not comfortable with change. And so uh, we just ask the parents to let us know that. I think that that's the big, the biggest challenge that we have with with students that that don't want to leave their current school and their teachers and their principal. Um, but we are going to make sure that we support them and and make sure that they do have a smooth transition. Well, it's happened again. We've come to the close of this segment, so we're going to take another short break. But if you're just joining us, you're listening to Milledgeville Matters on WRGC 88.3 FM. We're talking today about the 2017 and 2018 school year in Baldwin County Schools. Gee whiz, it seems like we just got into summer. We're already talking about schools again. But here to talk about those uh, changes that may take place and those things that will stay the same is... Baldwin County School District Superintendent Dr. Norris Price. We've got more to talk about, so please stay tuned to Milledgeville Matters on WRGC 88.3 FM.
Thank you for staying tuned to Milledgeville Matters, WRGC 88.3 FM. My guest today is Baldwin County School District Superintendent Dr. Norris Price. We're talking about what we might expect in the 2017-2018 school year. Now, in the last segments, we've been talking about the transition of the elementary grades education system here to the paired school setup. And we've talked about this mostly from the perspective of parents and also uh, students and a, a great deal, I'd say, from the administration. But as the Baldwin County School District is, is surely has to be one of the largest employers in Baldwin County, I thought we might ask about any changes that employees will experience from this. Right. We have approximately over 800 employees and about half of those are teachers. And so the teachers are experiencing a change because they have to move. So so 50 percent of our staff is moving to a new building. That creates anxiety, that creates stress. So we've been working also with them. We've had open house, believe it or not, for our staff so that they can meet their new colleagues and also tour the new facility, ask questions of the administration. And I think that has helped a a great deal. So we are actually moving. We have hired a moving company so that teachers don't have to worry about moving their personal belongings or any instruction materials. We will be doing that for them. And we plan to have all of those classrooms that we need to move completed by the end of this month. And so that, I think, has been a challenge for our staff. And then, of course, leaving a school that they've been with for a long time, their administration and their colleagues. But I think we've been able to talk through that. We did give the teachers the opportunity that if we had a vacancy in the lower grades and they wanted to stay in that school, that they could. And so they were given the opportunity to transfer. So if I'm an upper grade teacher from Creekside and I was going to Eagle Ridge and I really wanted to stay at Creekside and there was a vacancy there, I was allowed to transfer as a teacher. I think that helped also as well. But our teachers have been wonderful. I'm telling you, they have been real troopers and they are working with us as a team to make this a smooth transition. And I think that they will tell you that they see the benefits as well of being able to have more teachers to collaborate with and leverage their knowledge and expertise to meet the needs of the students. And I imagine it must be hard to um, characterize, but are the teachers kind of uh, the movements that is happening to the teacher core, is that mirroring the movements of the students themselves, or is it a blunder that we couldn't possibly uh, imagine ourselves if we're not involved in the system? It mirrors the same transition that students are having. So I'm going to take Blandy and Midway. So the third through fifth grade teachers at Blandy are going to be moving to Midway. So all of those classrooms have to be moved over to Midway, and then the teachers at Midway that are K-2 teachers are moving to Blandy. So we have to move those teachers. But in some cases, the teachers have the option of staying in that building, and therefore they're going to teach a different grade level. And that is an option that they have as employees throughout transfer process. And now one change that we may have not noted throughout our conversation is that we've been using the school names that we traditionally know them as in Baldwin County. And one of the things that also is changing are those names. Can you talk about the idea behind making that kind of um, identity change with this a larger change in elementary grades education? 
Again, looking at our history as a school district, anytime that we have merged schools, we have changed the name of the school. So as we did our redistricting meetings, and I went and had faculty meetings at each of our schools, they kept suggesting that we needed to look at a name change. What teachers did not want to feel like is that they were visitor in somebody else's school, that if we were truly trying to build a family, if we were truly trying to unite our school district, then we needed to look at a name change. So we did surveys. The surveys were slightly in support of the name change, but in some cases it was almost 50-50. And so in that case, we just have to look at the history of what do you do when you merge two schools. And so we decided that we needed to change the names of the schools in order to start fresh, start new, and really create a family climate and culture in our elementary schools. And so uh, the name changes will be for Blandy, it would be Midway Hills Primary School. For Midway, it would be Midway Hills Academy. For Creekside, it would be Lakeview Primary School. And for Eagle Ridge, it will become Lakeview Academy. Those names were presented to the board in March and approved unanimously. And can you talk about building a new identity for those schools, especially with an, an, a mind to those children who will transition from the primary to the academy? Mm-hmm. Well, part of that uh, for us was that we also wanted to make sure that we eliminated this perception that one school is better than another because we provide all the resources to our schools and all of our teachers work really hard in making sure that they provide a quality education to our students. So in changing the name and adding academy to it, it goes along with, again, that our charter system innovations and really looking at programming. And part of that programming is to look at implementing some type of STEAM or STEM programming, and that it lends itself to, so if you look at Eagle Ridge becoming Lakeview Academy, if you wanted to rename it to Lakeview STEM Academy, the academy has a better flow to it, and it just gives it a different feel to the work that we're trying to do when we're talking about creating a world-class school system and really making sure that our students are competitive. And I just want to, of course, uh, back up and say that, of course, STEM and STEAM are uh, science, technology, engineering, and math, and then add the arts Arts. for to make STEAM. Uh, Will there be any curriculum changes that go in with these uh, other changes? Well, we, you know, the state is revising the science and social studies standards that will be implemented next year. And so, yes, there will be some changes to that curriculum. We're looking at hiring folks that have that expertise to begin to expose our students to those career fields in STEM. Well, it has happened again. It seems like every time I turn around, the alarm is binging at me. Uh, So we're going to take another short break right now. But if you're just joining us, we're talking about the Baldwin County School District, ways to best utilize this summer, and ways to look forward to changes in the elementary grades. And joining us to walk us through these changes and to talk to us about the best ways to use summer is Baldwin County School District Superintendent Dr. Norris Price. We've got more to talk about, and so please stay tuned to Milledgeville Matters right here on WRGC 88.3 FM.
Thank you for staying tuned to Milledgeville Matters and WRGC 88.3 FM. If you're just joining us today, we're talking about the Baldwin County School District, changes that will be taking place, things that will be remaining the same, and the best ways to utilize these summer months. Joining me to talk about all of them is Baldwin County School District Superintendent Dr. Norris Price. In that last segment, we were talking about changes to the names of the schools, not just the way that we're configuring Baldwin County's elementary grades education, but also um, other uh, more, some might say superficial, some might say ostensible changes to the institutions themselves. Of course, we wanted to say that if you have any questions about these, a great source of information is the Baldwin County School District website. And let me see if I can remember it. BaldwinCountySchoolsGA.org, all one word. And, of course, you can always just search it in Google, make sure that you're stipulating this is for the state of Georgia, not Alabama. Now, one of the other things that we talked about a little bit earlier in the conversation, as you go to BaldwinCountySchoolsGA.org, it would be a good thing to make sure you're up to date on before the school year, is the dress code changes. I just wanted to ask one more question about these changes before we transition to another topic. And you mentioned that with the school dress codes, you'd now be allowed to wear any color of polo or button-down shirts. Uh, it made me ask, as the names change, what about the look and feel of the schools? Will they retain the same school colors, perhaps mascots, or any of those other things that kind of build spirit into our academic days? And we had a lengthy discussion about that, and we've decided to leave the school colors as they are, so those would not change as well as the mascot. So the change that you will see would be to the school signs and then to the stationery for the school and any name tags that we use. But the school colors will stay the same, and the mascot for each of our elementary schools will also stay the same. Are you anticipating any kind of alphabet soup as people try to remember the new names and possibly even classroom locations and school locations themselves? Uh, absolutely, I think, initially. But once people get used to it, I don't anticipate a problem. But initially, yes, I think I will probably also make the same mistake of referring to the uh, previous names of, of our schools until we get familiar with it and comfortable with it. But again, Midway will become Midway Hills Academy. Blandy will become Midway Hills Primary School. Creekside will become Lakeview Primary School. And Eagle Ridge will become Lakeview Academy. All right. And of course, uh, primary schools for the initial grades of education and then academies for a little bit more advanced pupils. That's correct. And then, of course, they all go into the melting pot of Oak Hill Middle right. as they graduate out of our elementary education system. Well, one of the other things that is a possible change, I think that we probably hope that it won't be much of a change, is just those that may be outside of our control here in the Baldwin County School District. Many people who listen to this program probably listened to NPR earlier in the day and hear so much about the, the federal government's budgets that has been proposed. And that, of course, will have reverberations in many aspects of our community here in Baldwin County. But with the opportunity of having you here, I wanted to talk about what changes that might bring for the school. Well, if you haven't had a chance to look at the president's 218 budget, his proposed budget, it does have $50 billion in discretionary funding for the Department of Education, which is $9 billion less than the Department of Education was funded this year. So that's going to have an impact 
on the funding that the states get and in turn the funding that school districts get. One of the biggest impact that I see is the elimination of the 21st century community learning grant, which is the way the YES program is funded. And so that particular program has been eliminated. It may come back in a different form. That's $1.2 billion that will not be supporting after-school programming for our school district. The other impact is to specific grants, in this case, the Striving Readers Grant, which is a literacy grant that's been cut. We were very fortunate to get a grant that was awarded two years ago, over $3 million, that has had a significant impact on our focus on making sure that our students are reading on grade level by the end of third grade. So that will have an impact on our school district and on school districts across the state of Georgia. And then the other one that I think we also have to keep an eye on, and that is taking Title I funds and reallocating those funds for a public school choice option. And what that means is that students will be able to take their Title I money to another public school or another public school district And that can have also an impact on the programs that we're able to offer our students if we lose a certain percentage of that Title I funding. Right. And of course, all of these changes in the budget, their proposals at this point, we're at at the time of this taping at the very beginning of these budget talks between the legislative and the administrative branches of the government. And so they may not happen at all. Or all of these programs that, that you just mentioned, they may change in some way or another. They may not change possibly, but you know, it does you know, bring up a conversation of, of what effect these federal funded programs have on our, our school children. Is it possible to characterize a, across those different programs what the impact of federal monies is here in Baldwin County? Well, let me just share with you, for example, with the uh, 21st Century Community Learning Grant which is how we fund our YES program, which is our after-school program. If we didn't have the funding, we will not be able to have the after-school programming that we have now, which means that you have students that are going to go home to a home where the parent is working and may find themselves trying to engage in activities that may not be very productive. It also means that if I am struggling academically, I'm not going to be able to have that support that I now have as part of our after-school program. And in addition to that, the YES program also has a summer program. So for four weeks, we're able to provide additional academic support to our students that need it. That will be gone as well. We will continue to look for other funding in order to provide support to our students academically, but we would never be able to replace the funding that we would lose for the YES program. The other one is the Striving Readers. We've been able to get books. We've been able to get resources. We've been able to provide professional learning to our teachers. And so that funding going away will have an impact because we are going to not be able to provide the type of professional learning that we've been able to provide for our teachers as a result of that literacy grant. Now, of course, um, as you look at the president's budget, uh, it questions the value or the, uh, I guess, the results of these programs. As as someone who's here on the ground level uh, working with these programs and the children that they affect, is it possible to characterize what you see as a result uh, of these kinds of programs? Well, the president's justification for cutting, for example, the 21st Century Community Learning Grant was that there is little evidence that these programs have an impact on improving student performance. 
and so I have been able to look at the data, and, and it is data-driven, and we have been able to see an improvement in students' grades, an improvement in students' test scores, an improvement in student self-confidence. And the teachers have given us that feedback that those students that participate in the program, they have seen a positive impact on their overall performance. And we have the data to back that up. So I'm not sure what evidence they're looking at, but I think if they speak to individual school districts and actually look at the data, I think that they would get a very different picture than the picture that they have and thus the reason for making those cuts. And um, is there any you know, anecdotal evidence uh, from the student's perspective that you may share? Just curious to know if you hear anything back. Because I think for one segment of our population, they may think after school program, they think, oh, gosh, the continuation of school after 3 p.m. But there's another aspect that or, or there's another segment who may uh, see that as, as a, well, I hate to pull it straight out of the program description, but an enriching experience. We do surveys of our students, and the feedback is very positive. They enjoy the program. We do an interest survey, so we also have enrichment activities based on their interests. It's not just focusing on the academics. We also do enrichment activities that reinforce the academics. They just don't know it, that that's what we're doing. But let me just say that we're in a community that has a high poverty rate. There are folks in our community that can afford to provide their students with the resources they need if they're struggling academically, but there are also families in our community that can't do that, and they're depending on these after-school programs to provide that additional academic support. I, as a parent, may not be equipped to be able to help my child with math, for example, because it's changed so much. And so these after-school programs provide that additional academic support that, as a parent, I may not be able to provide, not because I don't want to, but I just can't afford it, or I don't have the skills to be able to support my child in a particular area. So there are a lot of benefits to the after-school programming, and I think our students see the benefits of that. We are doing summer programming, so you would think school is out. Why would they want to come to a summer program? But we actually have a waiting list of students that are interested in participating in our summer program. So I think that there is a need in our community, and grants such as the 21st Century Community Learning Grant supports those needs. Well, I think one thing that may not be considered on face value is that it has an economic impact for those parents who are working. My, myself, you know, we're not struggling at all, but both myself and my wife, we both work. Mm-hmm. And as our daughter is of an age where we're sending her to school, it will become a question in our house about what will happen, you know, between that 3 p.m. and 5, oftentimes more like 5.30 or 6, okay. um, when we'll be getting home. One thing I heard you say is that's a very precarious time for for young folks. Mm-hmm. Do you, might you uh, just add a, a little bit of information about why you call it this as such? Well, you know, we have what we call latchkey children. And those mm-hmm. are children whose parents are working. There's not an adult at home when they go home. Depending on their age level, you can't leave them by themselves. And, and there are others that you can leave them by themselves for a certain amount of time. But what happens is, depending on the child, depending on how motivated they are to work on their homework or to go outside, there could be things that they can engage in that may not be very productive. And so I would rather keep them in an after-school program uh, where they're safe and where we are continue to provide them with academic support than to have them at home and possibly get themselves into a very difficult situation. So I see the benefits in many ways of having after-school programming. 
And as we leave out of uh, this segment, I just ask you, should this money be taken away? Are there other sources of resources that a school system like Baldwin County could look to to try to fill in any gaps that may be created should these programs be taken off the table by federal decisions? Well, we've been very aggressive in going after grants. So I think we will continue to look at that. I want to say that in partnership with Georgia College and Communities and Schools, Family Connection, we've been able to really go after grants that support these additional programs that we want to put into place. So it will have an impact. We do get federal funds. We get Title I funding for economically disadvantaged students, but you then have to prioritize. So depending on the needs of the students would depend on the number of students that we're able to support with our Title I funds in an after-school setting or in a summer program setting. But we will continue. We will work with our community to see how we can continue to provide those services. We're fortunate to have organizations such as the Boys and Girls Club, such as the Rec Department. We also have a group in the Harrisburg community that provide after-school programs. So we will collaborate with community partners to ensure that our students have somewhere to go after school. Well, we're going to take that short break right now. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Milledgeville Matters on WRGC 88.3 FM. We're talking about the many sundry issues of school under the summer sun and looking forward to the 2017-2018 school year. I'm joined in the studio today by Dr. Norris Price. She is the superintendent of the Baldwin County School District. Stay tuned and we'll be right back with more Milledgeville Matters. Thank you for staying tuned to Milledgeville Matters on WRGC 88.3 FM. We're talking about summer. We're talking about the school year, this last one and this next one. We're focusing on the Baldwin County School District for this hour of Milledgeville Matters on WRGC 88.3 FM. And joining me for the conversation is Baldwin County School District Superintendent Dr. Norris Price. Now, in that last segment, uh, we talked about some potentially nerve-wracking changes that may be out of our control here within this system. As we look forward to uh, this last segment, I thought we'd change it up a little bit and talk about the best ways to utilize the summer months here. I'll just start it off at that. How might people think, in the, at least in the back of their head, about school and academics as they look forward to uh, what is traditionally considered to be vacation time? Well, I'm going to take the opportunity to ask parents that during the summer, if your child is transitioning to a new school, that you really work to reassure them 
that everything is going to be okay and that we are going to work with them to support them to make sure that they're successful. So that's something that I think can be done over the summer. And if you have any questions, I'm available. I work during the summer, so just give me a call. We have lots of digital resources that are listed on our website. I'm going to encourage you to take advantage of that to reinforce math skills and reading skills. If you ask some of your students, as I was able to visit classrooms at the end of the last day of school, I told them one of their tasks is to read, read, read. So we have a program called Myon, has thousands of books online that students can access. They know their login and password, so please go and access that. We also have Success Maker that reinforces math and reading skills, so take advantage of that. But there's a whole list of programs on our website. Again, baldwincountyschoolsga.org that you can access. You can also go to the Georgia Department of Education, and there are actually curriculum guides that show you the standards for the next grade level. So if your child is moving from first to second grade and you wanted to start exposing them to the second grade standards, they are available on the Georgia Department of Education website. So you can look at those standards for all subjects. Also, a public library is having a summer program. Take advantage of those opportunities that we have in our library and go and use their resources. But also they have a number of programs to encourage students to read over the summer. We also have summer programs that are taking place. So if you believe that your student needs additional academic support, if you can contact your individual school, there may be still space for our summer program. That's for elementary, middle, and high school. At the high school level, if your child is behind in credits, this is a perfect opportunity for them to catch up. So contact the high school and they can register to make up those credits during the summer. And then if your child is up to a challenge and you're in high school, they can dual enroll. We have three institutions of higher learning that are offering summer courses. And so I encourage you to take advantage of that and have your students enroll in a college course and begin to take advantage of earning college credits while they're in high school. And there are many organizations that have summer programs across Baldwin County. So take advantage of that. I know one in particular because our teachers are participating. One of them is a STEAM Academy. Again, science, technology, engineering, the arts and mathematics, that is a two-week program for the middle school. I know they have slots available for that. We also have Themversity that is also doing a summer program for middle and high school at Central Georgia Technical College. That's also available to our students. We have the Old Capitol Museum that's also doing summer programs and our teachers that's also part of that program. So there is no reason for your child not to be involved in some type of summer activity to make sure that we reduce the summer loss that happens when students are on vacation. And, of course, you mentioned that summer loss, that idea that that long, joyous summer vacation might actually put you back a little bit. Uh, and I'm, I'm curious to ask you, Dr. Price, how do you spend the summer months? I know you this summer I imagine you'll be preparing for um, all the changes that we talked about earlier in the show, but uh, anything on your summer reading list? Well, one of the things, of course, as we're closing down one school year, we're preparing for the next. So lots of things that we have to make sure that we have in place to make sure that we have a smooth start to the school year. So one of the things I'm going to do is catch up on all those magazines that I haven't been able to read, like Southern Living and uh, Oprah Magazine. But also, as I look at it, I, I'd like to also catch up on books that I haven't read. So one of them that I am reading is called Leverage Leadership. And it's just looking at how you build the capacity of your leaders. 
So I'm going to be looking at catching up, reading that textbook. And then I am going to be teaching a summer course for Georgia College. And I just got the title of the book that I'm going to be reading, which is dealing with developing teacher leaders. So that would be part of my summer reading list. But I have lots of magazines that I've ordered, like I have 15 subscriptions, and I'm not able to read all of them during the the year. So I'm planning to catch up on that. And then I like to read the newspaper and read journals. So I'll be doing that as well. I'm constantly reading. As we close out, are there any other opportunities to get involved in the school system, to uh, make a difference in the life of your child or or another child that we can ask you about on on our way out the door of this, this program? Well, we're always looking for volunteers. So I'm going to challenge all of our parents, all of our community members to get involved. We need you. Strong schools have strong involvement from their community, and our public school system needs you. And we have the volunteer form on our website, so you can go and download it. And Communities and Schools does all of the processing of those applications, including the background check and the training of volunteers. We're looking for people that can mentor a child, is willing to read to a child, come and have lunch with a child, and we'll train you if there's training that needs to happen. We also need bus drivers. We have a shortage of bus drivers, so if you're interested, again, that information is on our website, or if you know of anyone, please encourage them to apply. But we're trying to have a full team of bus drivers when school starts. So get involved, continue to support our schools. I really appreciate all the support that I've gotten, and our kids need you. And so um, anything I can do, please don't hesitate to contact me. We are always looking of how we can become better. So as a community, you can be proud of your public school system, and we know that we still have work to do, but we're very proud of what we have accomplished so far. Might I ask you for that contact information one more time so people can get in touch uh, to talk about those opportunities? The Baldwin County website is baldwincountyschoolsga.org. That's all one word, baldwincountyschoolsga.org. And we have all that information. If you have trouble locating it, please call call us at the board office and we'll be more than happy to help you get access to the information that you need. Well, Dr. Norris Price, thank you for spending the time to prepare us for these summer months in the school year that is just about to start before we know it. Thank you again for inviting me and giving me an opportunity to talk about the changes that are happening in our school district and some of the things that parents can do over the summer. I always appreciate it and uh, very thankful. Well, that opportunity is always open to you. Please, whenever these changes are to be communicated, uh, please consider us and keep us in mind. Thank you. You've been listening to Milledgeville Matters on WRGC 88.3 FM. Today, we had a conversation with Dr. Norris Price. She's the Baldwin County School District Superintendent. She was talking today about the ways to make the most out of the summer months, uh, but also ways to look forward to the 2017-2018 school year, which will have many of the wonderful opportunities for our school children, but also a few additional ones and several changes to keep track of. Of course, you can find out more about what we talked about today by looking at their website, baldwincountyschoolsga.org. I've been your host, Daniel McDonald. It's been my pleasure spending this portion of the evening with you here on Milledgeville Matters, and I want you to know that I look forward to convening with you next time.